We are Chris and Katie, two Jesus girls lovingly referred to as two JGs, who want to share our hearts, our triumphs, and even our misses as we awaken to the gifts of the best. The B is for the Blessed Mother, E, Eucharist and other sacraments, S, Scripture and Saints, and T, Traditions of the Catholic Faith. You'll see how we wrap each episode around this simple and joyful approach to not only knowing our faith, but actually living it in our everyday lives. Let's get started. Welcome. Today we have a really special guest, and we are going to be talking about our E, Eucharist and other sacraments, and because we're going to talk about a vocation story with one of our friends, Father Thomas Hahn. Welcome, Father, to our podcast. Very exciting to be on this podcast with you. Thanks for inviting me. Well, it's always a joy to be with you, and we are very inspired by your story, and we've been blessed to know you for the past really nine years of your of your priestly ordination. I think we met you right after you were ordained. We sure did. I, I, in fact, when you said nine years, I was like, oh my gosh, nine years ago. That's exciting. Went fast. It sure did. It's evidenced with the small gray hairs growing on the side <laughs> of my temple right now. Yeah. Well, nine I years. Think we awesome. might be responsible for a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have been with us for the Awaken journey since it began. When we were inspired to start Awaken was the first um, assignment you had at St. Elizabeth Seton in Carmel, Indiana. If there was any doubt in the beginning, if this was guided and inspired by the Holy Spirit, I think those doubts put to rest. You've impacted a lot of a lot of women over the years. So thanks for all you've done and all the efforts you put into that. Well, and thank you for always encouraging us and the amazing um, different books that you've recommended for us or different prayers. You've just been very instrumental in our in our faith journey. And so we're excited for you to be able to share different things with the women who are listening. So Father, tell us a little bit about your background. Give us a little, who is Father Thomas Hahn? Sure. I, I grew up on a family farm east of Lafayette with my three siblings. It was a joy to grow up in that environment where if you weren't helping dad uh, with the crops or with the beef cattle, you were helping mom pick weeds in the vegetable garden or snap beans. Um, Sports were a huge part of our life too. I loved playing basketball and loved playing football. Uh, When my high school career was finished, I had the opportunity to plays and invited walk-on quarterback at Purdue University for a year, which was just a blast. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that. (laughs) Chris couldn't hold back the boiler up. Um, And uh, through a series of events, uh, I did not play my sophomore year, but that's really where the vocational nudge would keep coming from the Lord. I had more time to pray and ponder the big questions of my life. I found out about a discernment program at the University of Notre Dame called Old College, run by the Congregation of Holy Cross, and uh, loved. I transferred and spent my last two years of my undergrad there, got my degree there in philosophy and economics. And uh, by the time I was finished with undergrad, I had just become convinced the Lord had made my heart to love as a priest. And so I applied to the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana as a seminarian, went to Mount St. Mary's Seminary in Emmitsburg, Maryland for four years, and I was ordained in 2013. And I am now the pastor at St. Louis de Montfort Catholic Church and School in Fishers, Indiana. I'm loving it. That is great. And a school. How nice is that to have? 550 kids on your campus every day, five <laughs> days a week. It's unbelievable. That's it's such incredible. a joy. Well, and prior to that, you were the chaplain at Garen Catholic High School where my children attended. It was wonderful. My daughter got to have you all four years there. So you've really been working with students most of your 
priestly vocation then, right? Yeah, which is a, a surprise in some ways. So in the discernment process, I remember a priest kind of saying, you know, you're, you're kind of a free agent when you're discerning. You, you could be a part of the diocesan <laughs> you priesthood. You were speaking your sports language. I know, yeah. I was like, where's the signing bonus? No, I'm going to trade for first round draft picks next year. But um, So no, you could be a Franciscan priest, Dominican priest, Jesuit priest. You could be a diocesan priest. And when I joined the diocese, because of my tie to the land, uh, this Midwest, Indiana farmland that I'm so close to, but also my family and relatives, I just, this was home. But it also meant you're going to be a parish priest, which was a joy for me too. A part of my discernment is I, I like to hear babies cry at mass. I, I like to visit the nursing homes. I mean, I that's the whole gamut of life happens at a parish. Uh, so that's what, what drew me. But all of a sudden for four years in my priesthood early on was at a, a high school, which was not the full gamut of life. <laughs> it's four years of teenage, you know, angst. So, um, but it was a joy. I got to, I got Trial to, by fire. Oh my, yeah. And, and you know, without a education degree, uh, you get thrown into the classroom and I'll be eternally grateful for that experience because a, a priest is a teacher as well. Sure. Uh, uh, guiding and instructing and and uh, I've learned lessons invaluable. So f- from that, I'm really grateful. That's wonderful. And another thing that you have drawn from and I love about just your background and a shameless plug for this incredible book that I would love for everyone to get. It's called Apostolic Athletes. And it's a book that encompasses stories of different priests and bishops who um, sports were a big part of their growing up and their formation of who they are as a person and the discipline of sports, uh, being a part of a team. All of this, I think, just factors in so beautifully. And, And you talk about growing up on your family farm, which I love too, that, and you make mention in your chapter about Hoosiers and the basketball. So tell us a little bit about sports and how that kind of played in with your life too, just to um, let other people into that story just for a minute. Yeah, it was a natural love of my dad played basketball in high school. We'd shoot hoops in the, we had a hoop in the haymow on our farm. (laughs) My grandpa had a 10 foot hoop in his haymow. So rain or shine. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And, uh, so yeah, the love for the sport was was one thing. The competitive drive was another, but the discipline of the sport too, of practice and drills and and technique and all of that really it, it brought about a great maturation of discipline and self yeah self discipline. So um, and being a part of something bigger than yourself. Oh sure, yeah. You, you learn how to lead other men on the field you know, I was blessed to play quarterback. So yep, you're giving direction and guidance and encouragement to the whole team. They're looking for you. So that's been invaluable in my life as a priest to guide other souls. In the introduction to apostolic athletes, it says, just as we had to practice so hard to win the game, we have to practice virtue to be able to become holy. And I love that too. Each one of us are called to this holiness. Each one of us in all, in any area or vocation are called to this holiness. And we need these incredible holy priests to help shepherd us and to teach us truth so that we mm-hmm. recognize the lie of the world. Right. One of the things I think is interesting, and I would like to hear your comment on this, is it sounds like you are on one trajectory of playing sports, and it definitely pivoted when you heard the Lord calling you to priesthood. And how did your parents play into that role? And how did they how did they pivot with you? And what were some questions? And how did they discern that with you or help you discern? 
Yeah, I love my parents dearly. They they have a strong faith. My mom was a convert to Catholicism when she married my dad. She had a great love for scripture and uh, Bible devotionals. And they saw some things in me. If you ask my parents, they would say I would come home uh, as a senior in high school or even you know during college where the things I was excited about was, yeah, picking up the biography of, of Pope John Paul II or something. <laughs> there. So, so I had a a natural interest in these things that was uh, pronounced. and But I was interested in agriculture. I worked for a John Deere company uh, the, as a corporate intern for two summers. So I was on that trajectory. My dad was excited because maybe I'd, I'd take over the family farm. But when I started to unveil to them, this is, I think, where the Lord's calling me. What they did best was not in an antagonistic way, but they would just ask really good questions to help me unpack my heart. Uh, if if you were a priest, you wouldn't be able to you know, have own your own home. Does that bother you? Because home ownership is important to them, and they take great pride of, on the farmstead. And uh, the questions like giving up family is a humongous sacrifice. Do you think the Lord can fill your heart and and how so? And um, so those questions would lead me to my own conclusions better. They were asking questions I should be asking. So they also always spoke in terms of of trusting in the Lord. That's what farmers do. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's rain or shine, they they need to know the Lord's going to provide for them and they the Lord knows best. So in my vocation, they were convinced of that too. We want to do what God wants you to do because he knows best. So that type of attitude was really encouraging too. I'll never forget one of the picnics they had there at the University of Notre Dame for us guys discerning, and a ton of priests from campus came over and were hanging out. And I think it was that picnic that was a bit of a turning point for mom and dad. Number one, to see how happy and joyful these Mm -hmm. priests were and living their vocation. They said, my son could be happy. But also they'd heard the stories of the great things they were doing to transform lives. And they said, what a humbling experience that the Lord would ask my son to do something like that. Mm -hmm. So if if it wasn't before, but from that point forward, they've just been so proud and so supportive. And I love them for that. That's beautiful. I've seen, or we've talked to your mom. We've been blessed to meet your family too. And they're just wonderful people. But I love that you shared too, just the steadiness of your mom when you would come down in the morning and she would Mm. be praying. And so them witnessing to you, obviously the vocation of marriage, but that trust in the Lord too, and her faith inspiring your faith too. Right. It wasn't just, all right, kids, we're going to pray. And it, it, they did do that. We had uh, a rosary that was on Sunday nights that we, as kids, dreaded, but we <laughs> we did it. But it was obvious that they believed it because they would do it in private too. You'd catch them praying. And I think every parent should be caught praying every once in a while, you know? And before that. Mass, I could tell my parents were really preparing their hearts for Mass. They weren't just waiting for the show to start. Mm-hmm. So just those wasn't little things. something you checked off as That's a family. Right. It was really something that was a part of the very fabric of your family. And it was important to them. And they instilled that in you, which leads us to another question, Father, how can we in the society that we're in now, what are some things that we can do in our homes that might help make make the ground fruitful for vocations because we certainly have less men entering the seminary. So maybe talk a couple on those points. Maybe why you think we have less priests in seminary now and what can we do in our homes to help foster those vocations? Sure. I I can speak 
I mean, number one, maybe a reason why vocations have dipped a bit is because there are less families practicing the faith at all. So there's, you know, less of a fertile ground that way. But even for those families that are attempting to live the faith the best they can, certainly going to Mass on Sundays, but yeah, to, to imbue the Catholic worldview through daily life and conversation, where it becomes evident to your children that the most important thing of all time is your eternal salvation and spending eternity with the Trinity. You don't have to explain it that way, but it's clear that through the conversations you have, the concerns you have, it's evident. And even the rhythm of the liturgical year about the feast days you celebrate, the, the fact that you remember and honor the anniversary of your baptism or your first communion, these little things that, that, that All Saints Day is a big deal, that um, we should have a bigger meal for those days all show what's truly important. So from that point forward, it's never going to be a check the box thing. So if I can have a worldview where the salvation of souls is the most important thing, then the priesthood becomes attractive because I'm, I'm on the, you know, you could say the front lines of making that happen. It's an honor rather than, man, that sounds awful. You know, um, I think number two in a, in a very loud and busy world, uh, to somehow teach the, your children the ways of some degree of silence and contemplation so they can hear the voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. No one's even taking time to unpack their own experiences or turn to the Lord. They're, they're, our, our attention spans are so stinking short. Mm-hmm. If it's not a 10-second clip, then... I'm moving on. And I think that's why mass is so quote unquote boring for some people because they've they've reduced their own attention spans. Mm-hmm. So somehow to teach the heart to be somewhat contemplative. And, and I think we're we're underestimating the profound capacity of young souls. You read the lives of the saints, even in their teenage years, they're they're capable. We just have to draw it out of them. So Talk to us just about that, too, because obviously you have the school and you have those kids that you are blessed to be able to help form in that. When you say that, what are some what are some ways we can do that? Because the irony is it's what we're all craving. Mm-hmm. We just might not know how to implement or to even begin. And I'm just thinking we're brainstorming here. Mm-hmm. Like, what are some ways that we can create this atmosphere of silence and contemplation? I think that having some house ground rules of saying technology off at 8.30 or 9 or whatever you and your your spouse decide on, that sets the tone. Mm -hmm. Of course, at dinner tables, but that's for the sake of conversation, but just not having something on your wrist or your pocket buzzing Mm -hmm. for a number of hours every day. And I I mean, we can go on to the tangent. I don't want to tell parents how to parent, but not allowing your children even to have a cell phone as long as humanly possible (laughs) will actually benefit them in the long term. I mean, there's some experts that say there's really actually nothing on the Internet that will benefit your children prior to high school, even beyond. So, like, let's let's just admit that. Mm, So that's super um, interesting. I think even uh, the need to immediately put in earbuds or turn on the car radio is a small thing we can do to say, let's actually be comfortable with a little bit of silence. I heard once that uh, one of the hallmarks of authentic friendship is you can be silent together and not feel Mm. awkward. (laughs) You don't have to fill that gap because you know you're just resting together. Mm -hmm. So I think if we can do that as a family, we can do that with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think that those of us who are listening to this too, we can't give what we don't have. Mm -hmm. And we try to encourage each other and 
the things that we're talking about in our faith to practice those things so that it becomes something we can share with yes. other people. I, I mean, that's a great point because so many parents like, get off your phone while they're checking their own Twitter. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, live it. And then the same thing is like, you should say your prayers. Like, have you said your prayers yet, mom? <laughs> oh, dang it. So, well, even while you were saying that, I am I have this habit lately where I can't even listen to a, an entire song in its entirety. It's like, I just move on to the next you song. bored. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. I One know. verse. And Let's I go. used to make fun of my brother for doing that. Like, can't you just listen to the whole song? But I'm, I'm finding that even sure. with myself. Like, oh my gosh, like I can't listen to this entire song. Exactly. I, I mean, but these are little red flags. There's no condemnation in this. This is just an awareness of how far we've come. Sure. And we can't change it if we're not aware of it. So just an encouragement, really. First, start with ourselves of... Practice some of the silence, practice that contemplation. Did I just stutter on that one? But practice those things. Father, we, as we have said, have been so inspired by your holy priesthood, by the things that we have seen you do, not only that you have taught us, but the things we're seeing you doing. We see you in adoration. We see you praying before mass. We see you interacting with kids with such joy and true compassion for where they are in their journey and the desire to bring them along. And it really inspires us in our motherhood to do those same things. Absolutely. And to be a real father to us. Priests are so important and, um, and we have really no grace of these sacraments without you all. And in a special way right now, while we have the opportunity to thank you, but I would encourage us to thank our priests, to Mm -hmm. thank them for the sacrifices that they make to um, help us in our spiritual journey, to help instruct us to know the truth and love the truth and help Mm -hmm. us live that truth. Um, Father, who were some saint examples uh, that you might have, you mentioned St. John Paul II, or who else might have inspired you in your vocation? Sure. My parish priest was a joyful, prayerful priest that yeah, he's a guy I want to be like, even to this day. So he was inspiring, even though he's not a canonized saint. I mentioned John Paul II because, yeah, you watch video. I was able to see him in 2003 as a high school student on a pilgrimage and and just see he was a priest through and through, even as Pope. Uh, his, his priesthood, his fatherhood was evident, is filled with zeal for the mission. Uh, I think his contemplative nature was the source of the great fruitfulness of his pontificate, his deep, profound prayer. So Jason Everett's biography and even George Weigel's massive biography speak to his profound prayer life. And that's inspired me. And then uh, St. Jose Maria Escrivá, uh, a priest from Spain in the 20th century who ended up becoming the founder of Opus Dei, and his ability to, he had this uh, phrase to be contemplatives in the midst of the world, Mm. to have a a priestly heart with a lay mentality, Mm. the idea of you're offering up everything you do, even the small tasks, uh, domestic tasks, professional duties, all of those things you're offering as a pleasing offering to the Lord, all of a sudden you're being sanctified in the small things. So he was a great joyful priest. I love watching videos of him interact with crowds because he's cracking jokes, but he's just so profound. So he's another priest I want to be like too. That's amazing, which will lead us to an invitation to have you back to share a little bit more about him and other saints maybe that you are drawn to because it is an invitation of others that are right before us. I think where our holy 
path can really be ignited because it's a little bit, I want what she has, you know, man, that joy, even in the midst of all that happens in the world, there is that true joy that comes really from loving Jesus. So Father, we just thank you so much for sharing um, your vocation story with us. We hope that some of this is going to inspire others to find some silence and some contemplation in their homes and to set the stage, to Mm -hmm. set a a fruitful ground for vocations to happen. And we want to thank you for your yes to your priesthood, for all the souls that you're touching. And uh, we are going to pray a prayer for priests now, but then if you would then give us a priestly blessing, we would appreciate that too. Sure. Be glad to. Oh, Jesus, I pray for your faithful and fervent priests, for your unfaithful and tepid priests, for your priests laboring at home or abroad in distant mission fields, for your tempted priests, for your lonely and desolate priests, for your young priests, your dying priests, for the souls of your priests in purgatory. But above all, I recommend to you the priest dearest to me, the priest who baptized me, the priests who've absolved me from my sins, the priests at whose masses I've assisted and who've given me your body and blood in Holy Communion, the priests who've taught and instructed me, all the priests to whom I am indebted in any other way and especially Father Thomas Hahn. O Jesus, keep them all close to your heart and bless them abundantly in time and in eternity. Amen. Through the imposition of my priestly hands into the intercession of the Most Blessed Virgin Mary and all the great saints in heaven, may God protect all who are listening today. May he guide you. May he inspire you to pursue holiness and union with him. May you glorify him with your every breath. And may Almighty God bless all of you listening today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Until next time, JGs, know your faith, love your faith, and live it. Hey, this is Chris. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode of the Two Jesus Girls podcast. If you want to go deeper, visit our website at awakenyourfaith.org to join our free AYF Circle, where we bring community, programs, and content together in one place.